Happy New Year on Week 17 post-game edition. Unfortunately, it was not a good start to the new year for the Chiefs, who suffered a 34-31 loss to the Cincinnati Bengals at Paul Brown Stadium. Joining me to discuss this game are my colleague Sam McDowell, who also covers the Chiefs. He's my beat partner. Sam, how you doing, man? And also we're joined by Jesse Newell, our KU beat writer, who has joined the podcast over the last couple of weeks, helping out with our Chiefs coverage. What's going on, Jesse? Hey, thanks for having me, Herbie. Yeah, that was a, a crazy game full of lots of stuff down the stretch to talk about, so we probably should get to it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's start off with, with some of the injuries, because maybe this may, may have been an omen to how the game was going to go. Uh, you, you have Orlando Brown, who suffers a calf injury during pregame warmups, and then obviously Lucas Nang suffered a knee injury. Sam, what did what did Andy Reid say about those two specific injuries? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, you mentioned it with Brown and, and Lucas Nang tore his patellar tendon, which is a serious injury for anybody, but especially a guy that's carrying over 300 pounds. So um, curious to see what. His future looks like, I think it's safe to say his, his season is done now. Yeah, and the Chiefs compensated by sliding out Joe Tooney, the left tackle, and they inserted Nick Allegretti at left guard. And then obviously those two, I, I thought they did pretty well, but the game itself, wow. Sam, a lot to unpack here. It, you know, obviously they, they kicked the game-winning field goal, but in your opinion, how the game started for the Chiefs to where we got to at the end, well, what happened here today? Yeah, I mean, a lot um, to kind of dissect uh, just a specific piece and the piece I wrote about, you know, I thought the Chiefs had an opportunity to, tr to treat the end of the game differently than what they did. And I'm not saying it guarantees that the outcome is different. I just think it puts them in a better position odds wise to win the game, which is if they allow the Bengals to score and just, you know, drag Joe Burrow. I, you know, Harvey, I almost used an Eric Bieniemy line and said drag his butt across the finish line on those quarterback sneaks. They've got two minutes left with, with Patrick Mahomes and two timeouts. Instead, they like to try and go for the defensive stand. And to their credit, it almost worked. You know, they almost get the fourth down stop. There's a flag on the play. I don't know why the Bengals are going for it on fourth down there anyway. But instead, Patrick Mahomes spends the last six minutes and one second of this game on the sideline. And to me, if, I, if I'm in that spot, I'm, I'm either choosing my defense or I'm choosing the guy I'm paying half a billion dollars. And I'm probably going to choose the guy I'm paying half a billion dollars, who, by the way, has three fourth quarter comebacks this year alone, including what we, you know, Harvey, you and I went down to LA and just saw him do two weeks ago. Um, so I, I think that the Chiefs watched an opportunity late in the game to put the ball back where they want it most, which is with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and that situation probably arguably doesn't even happen. But, you know, the, the Bengals are facing a third and 27. A third and – it's it's improbable. How many teams out there in the National Football League have a play designed to get a first down on third and 27? Jesse, what happened? What, what was the very next thing that happened? What happened there on third and 27? Well, I think the Chiefs were the Chiefs, you know, um, and you heard Andy Reid's comments afterwards, which is this is what they do. You know, they come after you, they blitz, uh, they manned it up on the edges. And, you know, the circumstances, I think, is is what led to be questioned there, just because if you do put your 
cornerback on an island in third and 27. You saw what Jamar Chase did with contested catches, um, you know, using his strength, using his hands to go up and grab the ball. Even when there was really good coverage by the Chiefs cornerbacks, it just might have been an unnecessary gamble on the Chiefs part. So, I mean, I think, you know, you even heard Tyron Matthews say it after the game. You know, sometimes you learn through losses. Sometimes those situations pop up and you might treat it a little bit differently down the stretch. But, you know, you're right. The Cincinnati uh, was probably in line to get a field goal there. If the Chiefs didn't do anything crazy, they probably, you know, give up. 10, 15 yards there and allow an easier field goal attempt, but you allow a field goal attempt. Uh, instead, Jamar Chase did what Jamar Chase did. And I- I'm telling you, let's start with that. I mean, I-, I feel like there's been games in the past that the Chiefs have sort of given away and, you know, a lot of mistakes on their end. You know, you can say that. I'll tell you what, Burrow and Chase, uh, what they did throughout the course of the game, especially coming back and giving themselves a chance at the end, that was pretty phenomenal. Sometimes you sort of tip your cap, and I think you have to in that situation uh, for what those guys did earlier in the game. But I think, yeah, hindsight being 2020 and looking back, um, do you want to put your corner on island on third and 27 and bring out the all-out blitz? Hey, if it works, if you get a sack and you move them out of field goal range, it works. And everybody's talking about how great Spagnolo uh, made that call. But uh, because it doesn't work, obviously, that's the second guessing right now. And it, it blew up in the Chiefs' faces, at least for that, for that point. And, again, you, you have to – you have to look at this big picture, though, and you guys know this better than me. Um, this seems to be what the Chiefs do. They bring, they come after you. They, they bring pressure, and then they leave their cornerbacks a little bit exposed. And when they did today, I'm telling you what, Cincinnati, whether it was through catches or penalty flags, uh, you know, they took advantage. You know, the Chiefs are basically betting there that the Bengals are going to have a safe call, um, that they're not going to run a fly pattern down the sideline, that they're going to have some sort of safe call that just sets them up for a guaranteed field goal. And they bet wrong. And because of that, you know, that gamble cost them getting the ball back. Um, it cost them seven points instead of three. And, you know, like Jesse said, I mean, Tyron Matthew mentioned it, um, but he said, you know, I think everybody would like that one back. And he did specifically say players and coaches included. And I think the coaches is the play call. You know, I, I thought it was bizarre to bring an all-out blitz in that spot and leave your cornerbacks exposed, particularly because of the way the first three quarters had gone. You knew who number one was on the opposing team. And, and Harvey, you and I heard Steve Spagnuolo say that this was going to be the best trio of receivers that the Chiefs had faced all year. I felt like it was the best receiver potential the Chiefs had faced all year, and they gave too much attention to the entire three rather than focusing so much on their one. Now, their cornerbacks have been great during this run, especially these past couple months, but they were exposed today, and I don't think they were put in the best positions to succeed today against Jamar Chase. And that's a phenomenal point, Sam, as we welcome Lila Bromberg to the to the podcast here. Sam, Jamar Chase, uh, what's his final line here? 11 catches, 266 yards, and three touchdowns. How surprised were you that the Chiefs did not adjust the coverage on him, rolling a safety over or, or, or you know, com- continuously bracketing him throughout the game. Because remember, the Chiefs were up 14 to nothing, and then Chase happened on that 72-yard score where he just outraced everyone. But how surprising was it to you that there was not – it didn't appear to be a concerted effort to take him away? Yeah, that's why the third and, seven, 20, third and 27 conversion surprised me more than the first three touchdowns did. I mean, on the, on the first touchdown, they had guys around him. I mean, Nick Bolton is going to hate that film. <laughs> on Thornhill and Jerry Sneed get out run. I don't know that we've seen Jerry Sneed just get out sprinted to the end zone before. I was surprised not to see him track somebody down. Um, you know, the, the, the second one is a botched zone coverage where Daniel Sorensen gets fooled by the underneath route, which is also open, by the way, um, and, and goes for that. And now suddenly Jamar Chase is open. Now, 
I definitely think you, you can debate whether or not you want Daniel Sorensen's job to be guarding deep if Jamar Chase is the guy going deep on that sideline. And then the, the other touchdown is one where, where he's covered. I mean, Shaverius Ford has Jamar Chase covered. And Burrow just throws it anyway because he's just saying, my guy's better than your guy. He's going to make this play. He's right. But you had all of that evidence before the third and 27 call, which is why I think that one's more inexcusable than the first three. Lalo, what was your takeaway from today's game, especially when it comes to Jamar Chase? Yeah, I think it was kind of what Sam just said as well. I mean, you'd all kind of this evidence throughout the game that he was winning a lot of these one-on-one battles. Um, so you'd think that kind of they would double them him there late. So that was definitely something that kind of stood out to me, um, just him torching them throughout the afternoon. You mentioned down there, I see Todd Bryan mentions that the Chiefs beat themselves. And I know Andy Reid mentioned the penalties during his post-game press conference. Ten penalties for 83 yards. And essentially he says, hey, I don't, you know, I would like to cover all of them, but I don't want to get fined by the NFL. Sam, we've covered this team all year. Throughout this eight-game win streak, they seem to be a lot more disciplined. But a lot of the issues that we saw when they started out slow – reared its head and penalties was one of them. Why do you think this team looks so undisciplined today? Well, I, I, I mean, to be honest, I didn't think they got a lot of help on a few of those calls from the officials. Um, I mean, LeJerry Sneed had a really questionable two calls on one drive, um, one of them which prolonged a drive, um, would have been a three and out. Um, you know, the Traverse Ward one, I know a lot of people are talking about that last four down play. That's a penalty all day. I mean, that that, that play was accurately called. They might have called it hands of the face when it should have been called holding, but in some manner, a flag should have been thrown there. Um, but also, you know, Patrick Mahomes um, snuck in a, a little jab of his own when Tyree Kill was going over, and one of in his postgame press conference on a play that Tyree Kill was going over the middle of the field and got tripped up. And he said, if that doesn't happen, Tyree Kill's wide open. And I think what he's saying is there should have been a flag there because that's the only reason Tyree Kill wasn't wide open. And that's the reason that drive had sold out for the Chiefs. You know, for all of this conversation, because there's so much to unpack for this, the Chiefs scored three points in the second half after rolling through the Bengals' defense. And each drive, I think you can point to a very specific play, whether it's a sack that they gave up, a holding call that they had, that Tyree Kill play not called, or just drops. I mean, how different is this game if, if the end of the second half or the end of the first half ends differently with the Tyree Kill catch? And we welcome Vahe Gregori and our esteemed columnist to the show. Welcome, Vahe. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, you wrote specifically about the third and 27 play. We kind of hit on it earlier, but, you know, what exactly, what was your column about? And, and go ahead and tell our readers what you wrote about, please. Uh, let me think about what was it about. Um, no, uh, you know, the, the point, the point really to me was uh, there were so many reasons they lost this game. And uh, I felt the need to mention the Legereus Sneed uh, phantom um, play as huge just because it was emblematic of, I think, some bad calls along the way. There were five, six other reasons they lost the game. But but to me, the most controllable and sort of most puzzling moment of the game was leaving Charvarius Ward alone with Chase on third and 27. Um, I just don't think the risk reward was enough to go zero blitz there the way they did. and. It, it cost them. And it's not like they didn't see Chase dominating the game all game. In fact, you can make a case they, they spent the whole game not adjusting to that or doing something different to cut into that. Because 
he was an irresistible force the entire game. And Shazam, he was in the, the most important moment of the game. I think that I think there are a lot of plays that happened in that game if they went a little differently. Um, that's that's one that really stands out. Uh, and it also is one that does not have anything to do with the officials. So that's why I wanted to focus on that. I mean, we do know a former colleague of ours used to call it the ballad of the loser when we talked about uh, officiating and calls too much. So I, I tend to think that, but I also noticed that I'm venting about it a little bit too, because I just thought some of the calls were really atrocious. Which one, which one really stands out to you the most though, by? Well, that pass interference, because it was so crucial, it was third and three at the Bengals 21. And it was, I don't know, it, please disabuse me of this if anybody saw it differently, but it was, uh, I, I think the kind of contact you see all along, and it was before the ball was thrown. Um, and I, I, I just thought after that, they had, a, I think, about a 35-yard pass two plays later. Um, and then you just sort of felt the whole game change there. And if, if that, 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 just, that just can't be a pass interference. Football games, as we all know, are, are games of momentum. And as the game progressed, the Chiefs had two 14-point leads uh, obviously in the first half, and then in the second half, if you could put a finger on it, Jesse, wouldn't you think the game started slipping away? Well, I mean, I, we keep repeating the same play over and over again, but I, I think that was a big play in the game, that, that pass interference call that happened. And that's why, you know, you see complaining about it, but it's for real. I mean, listen, I cover a team that plays an Allen Fieldhouse. I, I get how this works. You know what I mean? That these sorts of things can, uh, can start momentum. They can stop other teams' momentum and they become big, uh, big parts. And I, I do want to mention too. We talk about these calls. Um, there was a non-call too. A third and inches play with two ten left. It sure looked like Cincinnati's left guard. And I know uh, the Swartz brothers were commenting on Twitter as well that he jumped. And even the Chiefs players like stood up to point out that he jumped. And so um, we talk about Sam, and uh, obviously he he had the great points about you know what do you do in that situation? Do you let him score? Do you not let him score? Well, if you face third and five and a half. Um, with 210 left, it's a lot harder to get in that position where they got to where it was first and goal from the one. And so even something as minor as that, I mean, I, I don't know. That, that's that's really tough to miss a call like that when the game's on the line, when it has such a big impact and bearing on it because, okay, third and five and a half, either one of two things is probably going to happen. You're probably not going to get the ball to the half-yard line. You're either going to score a touchdown or you're going to get stopped and they're going to kick a field goal. And then Mahomes is down, you know, three points with two minutes to go. So a lot of things that happened. And I thought it was pretty telling. I mean, I, I think this is great. I, I think – the candor here is great, but uh, I don't know if you guys saw Joe Burrow was interviewed right after the game. And his the first mention he said after he was asked post game about how big the win was, he said, yeah, I think we got a few calls in there. So when the other team's quarterback, his first comment is to say that sort of thing. I don't think any of us are out of line for saying that, hey, that was not only a, a big part of this outcome, but it was a big part of the momentum shift that happened in the second half. You agree, Sam? Yeah, but I mean let's not lose sight of the focus that the Chiefs had plenty of other opportunities to win this game. I mean, it, I mean, they defend Jamar Chase differently. I already mentioned the drops, you know, the sequence at the end of the first half, it, you know, with, I don't think, I think that, I think that Byron Pringle gets by that guy. You could argue even already is by that guy before Zane Anderson it, commits a holding penalty, absolutely a holding call, right, right call there. That's seven points. They still throw a bomb to Tyree Kill about 60 yards downfield that should have been caught. I mean, it's a drop. You know, they had a drive in the second half where they end up punting, but um, Tyree or Travis Kelsey dropped a second down play. 
you know, so I, the Chiefs had plenty of opportunities to win this game, despite, you know, some of the calls that, that might or might have gone against them. Um, so, it, you know, there, there's a reason our, our former colleague says that is because it, you, when you look at that stuff, you tend to overshadow the other stuff. And we can't lose sight of that here either. And that's a fantastic point from Sam, because I'm going to point out a stat here, okay? The, the Bengals entered this game, as, as, you know, some of the things that the Chiefs did well. The Bengals entered this game ranked fourth against the run. Uh, Daryl Williams, a career-high 88 yards rushing. They gashed him with 155 yards, two touchdowns on 23 carries. That's 6.7 yards per attempt for the math folks at home. So, I mean, they actually, you know, they, they could have controlled this game had they stuck with the run a little bit more, but at the same time, you know, we're left here with all these penalties and we're talking about a third and 27 play, but the Chiefs did enough to win this game. Is that correct, Vahe? Well, the, the Chiefs lost this game, okay? I mean, they, they 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 did some remarkable things under the circumstances, if you think about it. I mean, what they did with two linemen out in, in a matter of minutes, basically, that, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, on the other hand, as Sam noted, not a lot of offense in the second half. Um, you know, some sloppy stuff. Uh, I totally agree with Sam on the Pringle, uh, the, the, the kickoff return, but I do believe that it, that would have been a kickoff return for a touchdown if, 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 if it had been cleanly, um, cleanly blocked. I mean, and, and I don't think that would have stopped him. So if it's 35 to 17 at halftime, the dynamics of the second half are totally different. Um, so I, 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 again, I mean, I, I, it's 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 too bad for them. I think they had they did get some calls, as Joe Burrow put it. Um, the Bengals did, but I, I, you know, the Chiefs were deserving losers of this game. You know, that's also the way that uh, first half sequence ends up, um, because we've heard even even in, in press conferences the debate about you know deferring to the second half on the coin toss and not just taking the ball. We saw the way that plays out. And as far as momentum of a game, you know, the Bengals scored at the end of the first half. The Chiefs didn't have enough time to put together a drive. They almost got one anyway because of the two plays we've mentioned. Then the Bengals get the ball again. And suddenly the momentum of the game is much different, not because the Bengals have actually gotten a defensive stop, but because the clock has stopped. And so, like I said, the reason I point that out is because we've seen there being some debate because the Chiefs have been scoring early and then all of a sudden things haven't worked out. Of why don't why don't you just take the ball early every time instead of deferring? That's why. That's the way that strategy is supposed to play out. And it worked tremendously in the Bengals' favor today. There, you know, when you look at this game itself, there were a lot of things at stake. We, we knew that the Chiefs with a win and the Titans loss, combined with the Titans loss, they would have the number one seed. Uh, the Bengals had a lot riding on this game because it, a win gives them the division uh, in the AFC. Now, all of a sudden, with this loss and the Titans thumping of the Dolphins, now we're back to a, a tie for the AFC number one seed. And then there's a lot to ride on going into this final game, thanks in part because of the Chiefs' loss. Uh, how do they go about shifting from this loss, knowing that the playoffs start here in about two weeks? What, what do they got to do here, Lila? What do they have to do to overcome this? Yeah, I think, you know, Tyron Matthew, um, you know, said a lot of good stuff about just, you know, how they need to respond and turn the page and how he fought for a reason they're able to kind of turn things around earlier in the season was trusting in the coaches, um, not, you know, getting too caught up in what they didn't do, you know, in that game and kind of letting that be a hindrance. So I think that'll be big for them 
moving forward. Um, and but I, I think it's it's also just going to be interesting um, to see what happens with that game next week because I believe Drew Locke was questionable to um, return the last. At least I saw a tweet a half an hour ago before we joined or so that he was questionable returning that game. So that'll be another interesting factor there is not necessarily knowing who's going to be a quarterback, but um, I, I think a big part of it is really cleaning up the explosive plays that were allowed today. I think that was um, a glaring error in today's game and something that they'd gotten a lot better with in, in previous weeks. And so that's something they're going to want to tighten up again. Hey, well, Harvey, let me chime in real quick and just say I'm counting on Sam McDowell and or Jesse Newell to be able to break down uh, the tiebreaker if there's a four-way or five-way tie uh, with teams at 11 and 6 um, at the end of next week. Well, I mean, if it's 11 and 6, both these teams would have to lose. But um, I almost feel like we need to remind everybody, including Tyron Matthew, apparently, that the Chiefs lost the number one seed today. Yeah. Yeah, um, the Titans hold the tiebreaker over the Chiefs. I mean, the ramifications of this loss, I mean, could have serious consequences moving forward uh, because the Titans travel and play the Texans next week. And yeah, anything can happen in the NFL. But the Titans have one of the easiest games on, in the schedule that a team can have. And the Chiefs are going to Denver and they no longer control what happens with the number one seed. That's up to the Titans. They need help. And this year, more than ever, that's significant. They're going to likely be playing now on wild card weekend which Patrick Mahomes has not done in his career. And by the way, if the Titans win through the playoffs, they're also going to have to travel in the playoffs, which Patrick Mahomes has not done in his career. So gigantic game today within the, 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 the scope of what happened within today's game, but even bigger as far as the ramifications that it has on this team moving forward. Here's the crazy part of that scenario too, okay? Because the Chiefs are 11-5. and five. The Bengals and Bills are 10-6. and six. If there's somehow a tie there with the Bills and the Bengals, the Chiefs right now who who would lose the tiebreaker against the Titans, in theory, could drop all the way down to the fourth seed because the Bills and the Bengals hold the tiebreaker over Kansas City. So there's a there was a lot that was riding on this game, and all of a sudden that with this loss, holy smokes, now you just turned it around, and as Sam points out, there is a real possibility that the Chiefs could be playing on wild card weekend. Are we concerned? Okay. Are, do, do, do we, do we look at this loss and say, Oh boy, everything that this last eight game winning streak, you know, that they accomplished now looks like we saw the chiefs from the early part of the season. Uh, are, how concerned, what's your concern level right now? Vahe? We'll go right around the horn. Well, look, I, I would just say this. It's a, it's a, it's a bad time to have a bad game, but uh, this whole season for the chiefs has kind of built been built on actually getting better from what goes wrong. And so, you know, they're going to have to microwave uh, how they get better from this. Um, and, and, and we'll see. I do think that the seating is, you know, potentially problematic now. But I, I, I also do believe that the team that's playing the best goes the farthest, regardless of where you play. It'd be nice to not have to play one extra game. But, you know, we'll see. I, I, I just feel like uh, – you do have to look at them a little differently after today, but I don't think this undoes what's been happening in the last couple of months either. Sam. No, I mean, this is the NFL. I mean, teams don't go undefeated. Teams don't usually have eight game winning streaks late in the season. Um, so the Bengals are a first place team. You're playing them on the road. And how many different things have we listed off over the last half hour that, Hey, if just this thing goes right, that she's probably end up winning this game. So I don't think it's cause for alarm. 
the offense still moved the ball in Cincinnati territory, I think, on all nine drives today. Um, so it's not the same sort of puttering issues that they had. I know the defense didn't have a great day. There's still some good individual things, particularly with their pass rush, that they did pretty well against a bad Bengals offensive line. Um, it's not that sort of how is this team going to fix it feeling that I think you had with the defense early in the season and the offense in the middle of the season. I just think it's part of the NFL schedule. It's the way things go. Um, but it's going to be tougher. You know, it's going to be tougher than, than what it has been the past couple of years for them to get back to the Super Bowl. Jesse, Kyle Coffey says your beard looks good. So the same question to you. What, what, what's your concern level right now, Mr. Bearded Man? Well, I saw somebody earlier say that they had to shave their beard since the Chiefs lost their win streak. And I will repeat what I said last week. I have the second best beard on this call. So, um, yeah, I, I appreciate the shout out, but uh, it's still not the best. We're still going for it. Um, so I, I, I just want to echo exactly what Sam said. I, I think he's right with that. But the numbers, and I think that's what Vahe was sort of indicating because he's like, hey, Jesse's going to have the numbers here. I know he's going to have the numbers. 538 now says the Chiefs have a 21% chance at that number one seed, which basically um, is what we talked about earlier. The Chiefs have to win. The Titans have to lose. And that doesn't seem like a likely scenario next week now. So it's all broken or is all lost. No, it's not. But, um, you know, I like to think of these things in terms of probabilities. And if you're the Chiefs, it, it, you kind of remember a couple of years ago when they made the Super Bowl run. Like everything fell together and they got that bye. And, and that's just so important in the NFL. It's important to not have to play that game. I mean, I know these maybe don't exist, but you take a – the Chiefs are going to be a, a heavy-ish favorite for the NFL in their first game. But, you know, numbers would tell you one out of four, one out of five, you're going to lose that game because – that's what happens in sports. It's human. Sometimes that happens. So you're just having to take an extra roll of the dice. You know what I mean? And you're not able to, to rest your starters. And so um, that's what happens in these games. The Chiefs made it hard for themselves. You know, it doesn't mean they can't win. And once you get past that first game, you take a deeper breath because potentially you don't have, um, you know, you, you kind of got your buy, if you will. You earned your buy. But th that's where they are. And they put themselves in such a great position with the eight wins. Now it's just a little bit of a shame because – to be honest, the two seed through the four seed, I mean, you get more home games, all that stuff, but the big, big jump is the two seed to the one seed. And the Chiefs had that in their sights. They controlled their own destiny, and today they couldn't get it done for a lot of different reasons that we already talked about. Lila, you wrote about what they need to do to, to, to keep focus. What were your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with, you know, a lot of the points that everyone made. I mean, to even be on the eight-game winning streak that they were was really impressive. And I think to think that they could win 10 straight games and the regular season is just kind of, you know, un unrealistic. I think the fact that they were even in kind of consideration for that one seed after the start they had is pretty remarkable in itself. So I don't think that one game like this costs them. I actually think in a way it almost – it doesn't help them in terms of, you know, they're not going to have, you know – the buy, um, but to, you know, have some things exposed after things were going so well for so many weeks, I think can, you know, help you more than hurt you. Hey, I think uh, Herbie, 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 real quick reality check here. I just checked 538 uh, because I'm the numbers guy, but even with that happening, it has the chiefs as 19% to win the super bowl. It's the highest odds in the AFC by more than double over the Titans. So I guess if you want to put it in those perspective or in that, those terms as well, that indicates to me, and maybe Sam, you do the odds post every week. Uh, would the Chiefs be a, a road favorite against the Titans? Maybe, maybe that's the case, or maybe they'd be close to a pick them. And if that's the case, then that's why the Chiefs' numbers still would remain so high. And that's a fair question, Sam. Let's, 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 let's entertain that. If the Chiefs do have to go to Tennessee, do you think they would be a road favorite? 
Yeah, so <clears throat> Vegas sort of ranks the teams, and it has the Chiefs as the best team in the AFC, right along with the Bills, actually. It still really likes the Bills. Um, the Titans have some weaknesses that, for whatever reason, the worst teams in the NFL have been able to expose out of the Titans, but some of the best teams have not. Um, so they're, they're one of the more difficult teams, I think, for the sports books to figure out this year. And, you know, I personally don't think the Titans are going to be hosting an AFC championship game. So I don't think this game just cost the Chiefs home field advantage. It did cost them playing in the first round potentially, though. And so to me, that's that's the big key here. A lot, two years ago when they made the Super Bowl run, they were only a two seed. People forget that because they played the AFC championship at home. But, you know, the Titans ended up coming through Arrowhead because of the upset against Baltimore. I still think that sort of scenario could play out. The Chiefs could host an AFC championship. But you look at this AFC field, it's considerably more deep than what it has been the past couple of years. And that first-round game, you end up facing a team like the Colts or the Chargers, um, who I, I think are kind of in an in and a win-and-in scenario next week against the Raiders. Those two teams would not be easy first-round games and, and, and rounds that, by the way, you've been at home watching games the past two years. I think if the Chiefs end up facing the Bengals again in the postseason, would it be safe to say, Vahe, that they are not going to have single press man coverage on Jamar Chase should they should they bump into each other again? Let's just say uh, let's hope that that's not the case, because uh, that would say a lot more about uh, whatever issues we thought were exposed today than uh, having it happen today the way it did. Why, if you're cheering for the stories, then you're cheering for that happening, right? You're cheering for yourself here. Well, you're right. I I, I failed to cheer for myself there, uh, <laughs> which is a, a fatal flaw. I, I, let me get back to copy, fundamentals. Copy, paste, <laughs> column. Sam, I'm gonna I'm gonna close it out with you here. Cody says, "When is Sam McDowell gonna grow a beard? It's time." <laughs> but before you answer that question, we gotta go into. We're gonna go back to the offensive line with Niang down. How did the Chiefs address that left tackle position, for example, if Orlando Brown, for some reason or another, that calf injury lingers into the postseason? What are their options right now at left tackle? Well, they didn't dress two guys today that I think would be their natural options at, at left tackle, whether it's Kyle Long um, or, or Prince. And I, I think either one of those guys could play that. Now, those guys haven't played all year. And so I, I think, you know, Tooney did well enough. Um, that perhaps he gets a, he gets an advanced look because you feel like you've got more depth on the inside than you do the outside. But it's absolutely going to be something that we're going to have to monitor. At, you know, Mike Rimmers is still on IR, and we haven't heard an update on Mike Rimmers for a while, and it's sort of becoming a little bit reminiscent of this Mitchell Schwartz scenario from last year to where he just never, you know, the back had never improved for Mitchell Schwartz. And I'm wondering if, if Rimmers is kind of going through something similar, but if there's any way possible he can play, they're going to have to try and push him back for the postseason because, I mean, they're they're down to third-string left tackle and third-string right tackle right now. By the way, we don't know how, how, how severe Orlando Brown's injury is. This this could be a move point. I mean, they could be going with Andrew Wiley and Orlando Brown, the guys that have been carrying him during this win streak. Um, but we still don't have an indication of how serious that injury is that he suffered warm-ups today. Vahe, go for it. Uh, I just want to note that one time uh, Sam McDowell and Blair Kirkhoff and I were at the office we said goodbye to Sam McDowell and Blair Kirkhoff and I went to eat lunch at the Brick. And then a bearded Sam McDowell walked in, which I knew to be Sam's twin brother, Evan. But <laughs> at that point, Blair Kirkhoff did not know Sam had a twin brother. 
was a great moment. <laughs> a great moment in star history. You know what? And, you know, on that note, this Chiefs team is some, something that we didn't know existed after this eight-game uh, winning streak, but they did rear its head. You know, I think losing like this is good at the end of the year because now you can identify those issues and, and fix them as you enter the crucial part of the year. You know, a 34-31 loss, eight-game winning streak snap, but you know what? The Chiefs are still going to the playoffs, and that's where it matters. You just want to get into the dance and see let, let the chips fall where they may. With Jesse Newell, Lila Blomberg, Vahe Gregorian, and the beardless Sam McDowell, I'm Herbie Teopi, and a good night to everyone, and also, once again, a happy new year.